So we're in our series, and I don't know what is this, what is this, six, seven, I forget. This morning we want to talk about missing guests. And sometimes we, uh, we have an event, we send out invitations, uh, a graduation, an anniversary, a birthday, whatever the event is, and we think so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so are coming, and then the event comes, and some of them are missing. And you know, if you, hey man, any of you ever hosted an event, your thought goes right away, where are they? What did something happen? Should I call them? Your, your, your heart kind of goes out, and you wonder about this one or that one. And so how many know God's sent out? How many know the invitations are out to the great banquet that's coming? I said the invitations are out. Some of you haven't checked your mail, but the invitations are out to the great banquet. From Genesis to Revelation, Jesus, or God's been talking about the fact that he wants to not just dwell with us, but party with us. God is a partying God. How many believe heaven's going to be fun? Whew. I tell you, when I was a little Catholic boy growing up, heaven did not seem fun to me. Come on, ex-Catholics. You know what I'm talking about? Sitting on a cloud playing a harp. Ugh. I don't even know how to play harps. I don't know. But then I considered the alternative because the Catholics were much better at describing hell than heaven. And I really feared hell. <laughs> and they told you how to avoid it and all that stuff. So, you know. Yeah, we... So Jesus now in Luke chapter 15, we're, pre we're using Luke as our text, and we're going all through the book of Luke. But I want to talk about the passages of, uh, that refer to hospitality. Luke talks about it more than anybody else. And so Jesus, and let's just look at that verse 1, because Jesus is in a place where he gets criticized, and of all the things to criticize Jesus for, this is it. This man eats with sinners. That's all you got? But it was a big deal. He eats with sinners. And even today, that Pharisee spirit gets on us. Oh, I saw so-and-so running around with so-and-so. Well, maybe so-and-so was trying to be the good influence, the salt and light to influence that person. If Jesus ate, because Jesus said, I didn't come for well people. I came for sick people. <laughs> How about this? The church is the only organization on the planet that exists for the people who aren't its members. Unfortunately, most churches never got the memo. And they think the pastor and everyone else is there for them. The church is not a holy huddle. The church is where we celebrate the ones that have come to know Jesus. My God. So I want to I get into this real quick. I, you know, I've preached on the, and you all are familiar with these uh, uh, parables, right? The, the prodigal son, which is not what it calls them in the Bible. The lost coin, leaving the 99. How many are familiar with those three? 
So Luke puts them all together in chapter 15. And Jesus used these parables to respond to this criticism. The tax collectors and the sinners. Isn't that interesting? Tax collectors weren't considered sinners, but we hate them anyway. Because the tax collectors were getting rich at everyone else's expense. But they're at the top of society. They're the money makers. They're the Bill Gates of the day. So it does my heart good to know that Jesus hangs out with millionaires too. Amen. But he hangs out with the top of society. By top, I mean the financial top. And he hangs out with the sinners, the degenerates, at the bottom. And he's hanging out with both groups. And the Pharisees in the middle cannot stand it. So do you mind if I read through these? And let's remind you of the story. So there we have verse 1. Verse 2, then all the tax collectors... And the sinners drew near to hear. Remember that verse in the previous chapter? He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Well, they're hearing. I don't know there's a difference between listening and hearing. Some people listen just so they can get ready to say what they really want to say. You ever meet someone like that? They're not listening to me. They're just thinking about what they're going to say next. All the tax collectors and sinners drew near to hear him, and the Pharisees and scribes complained, this man receives sinners and eats with them. So he spoke this parable to them, saying, what man of you who would do this, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it, say, until he finds it. And when he is founded, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say to you, likewise, there will be more joy in where? Over what? Over what? One sinner who repents than over 99 journey people who need no repentance. Or what woman having 10 coins if she loses One coin does not light a lamp. Sweep the house. They sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it. And when she found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together saying, Rejoice with me. I have found the peace which I lost. Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Boy, there's an emphasis here, isn't it? Then he said a certain man had Two sons, and younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the young son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all that, that means reckless living. And when he spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. So a perfect storm, ran out of money just as the famine hit. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen in that country, and he sent him into his field to feed swine. Really low job for a Jew. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, but no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, oh, my God, I love those moments. 
He said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough in despair and I perish with hunger? I will arise, go to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. By the way, too many church people think they're servants of God when they're supposed to be friends of God. We're not slaves. And he arose and came to his father, but when he was still a great way off, his father saw him, had compassion on him, ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight and no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. There's a three-part sermon right there. And bring the fatted calf. What's a fatted calf? They always had one cow that they really fed well that was reserved for special occasions. How many believe the Father has a fatted calf for us? Something he's prepared woo, just for us. He's not going to give you the skinny cow. He's going to give you the fatted cow. Woo, I don't know if I'm going to make it through this. Let us eat and be merry, for this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. Ah, praise God. Uh, yeah, and that's it. That's why I'm going to stop right there. They began to be. Did you notice every one of these ended in a party? Okay. So let's look at this. Point number one. God will turn everything upside down just to find us just to find us. He will turn everything upside. When Jesus said, what man wouldn't leave the 99 to go after the one or, or the woman that, that, that uh, uh, searched her house for one coin? And notice they have these big parties afterwards. And, or, or the father who, who shamelessly you know, if you're a man back in, uh, of dignity, you walked like this. You didn't go, my son! He took his rose truck. He, he was looking afar off. Didn't know where he was, but he believed he'd be back. And he runs and embraces him and kisses that sinner who wasted his inheritance. Anybody with me in this place? But here's the thing. When Jesus said, what, what woman or what man, the Pharisees said, yeah, who would? It doesn't make sense to risk the 99 to go looking for the one. Who's looking after the 99? And this crazy woman, she had 10 coins. Don't you think it would show up eventually? I mean, sooner or later, how many of you will look for a nickel? I did see some hands go up. Okay. I mean, soon it's in the house. It'll show up. My family will get saved. They know where the church is. She gets out a broom and sweeps the house. It's not just all about what we do, and, uh, I mean, about what God does. I believe we need to get a broom in our hands, too. 
She sweeps the house until she finds that one coin and then she throws a party that probably costs more than the coin. And I know all the women in town came to the party. But while she wasn't looking, they're like, this is a great party, but this woman is off her rocker. Why in the world would you throw a party for one stinking coin? So you found it. Big deal. Put it in your pocket. You got it. Oh, here it is. Stupid coin. Like it was the coin's fault. Leaving 99 all by themselves and going after the one. You know, for years, this, this kind of bothered me because it, 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 it doesn't make sense. Why would you risk the 99? Why do you throw a party? Why do you throw a party just because you found a coin? But that's the point. This is crazy, but that's the point. This doesn't make sense, but that's the point. His love is reckless. Love, hallelujah. He loves us so much. He doesn't compare us to the 99. He goes after even the one. Aren't you glad he went after you? Glory to God. You may have thought you weren't worth much, and you probably weren't back then, but he went after you after all because he knew the value of you. Oh, Jesus, praise God. That, that, that coin, I'm, I'm getting off my... <laughs> That, that, that coin, whatever it was worth, was worth just as much when it was lost as when it was found. It did lose its value because it fell on the floor. You may sin, you may mess up, but you have, you retain the same value to God. I don't care how badly you mess up. He's still searching for you because you're still valuable though you're messed up. Give him praise. Say, that's my God. That's my God. That's, that's my God. That's, that's, my, that's my God. And we need to have that same kind of heart. You can't just sit there and say, well, he wandered away. He'll wander back. Sheep rarely wander back. They get stuck somewhere. They get eaten somewhere. Church, we need a heart that says when they wander away. I'm not talking about going to another church. I'm, I'm talking about they've fallen back into sin. They're not going anywhere, and they're, they're lost, and they're confused, or they're hurt. We need to leave the 99. Get over yourselves. Sometimes, sometimes it's not about your problems. We need to go after the one. Say the one. Because they have not lost their value. That one is still important. That coin is still important. We're going to rejoice when the son comes to himself. It comes back to himself. Can I, can I get an amen? His love is reckless. From our point of view. But he knows exactly what he's doing. I've really come to the place now that no matter what, I think God's in charge. Not just my life, but I think he's in charge of the whole world. You may wonder why God puts certain people in political office. You need to stop that. Because either you believe God's in charge or he's not. 
He's going to use anything and everything. I'm not saying he brought the evil, but since it's there, God says, you know what? I can use this. I can use this. This is going to work somehow to my good. If God promises things work out to our good, why wouldn't they work out to his good? (laughs) Hallelujah. Am I preaching yet? Am I preaching yet? So the value of the one, but, but, but watch this. It's more, it's more than that. It's more than the value of the one. It's the value of the whole being together. I looked this word up We're in the dictionary. We need an aggregate anointing, not aggravate. Here's, here's the definition of aggregate in case you don't know what it is. Something formed by the conjunction or collection of particulars into a whole mass or sum. Some of you need a dictionary to look up those words. The total combined. What I'm saying is God recognized not just the value in the one, but the value in everyone being together. That the 99 are worth more with the one that's missing. We, we got to stop saying things like, well, well, they could just go on then. I don't care. You know, we're, or how about, we're better off without them. I don't care how much trouble they had. If they're supposed to be here, we're not better off without them. No matter how much trouble, no matter how messed up they are, no matter how much they try to stir up trouble, if they're supposed to be here, we're not better off without them. We're better if they get their life straightened out and contribute to the. Let's go after the one. Am I preaching yet? There's an aggregate uh, anointing or an aggregate praise that we need. This morning we had that kind of praise where everyone it seemed was just being still and worshiping God. We weren't thinking about chicken dinner, steaks on the grill. I mean, honestly, if you could have been somewhere, you would have on this holiday. You, either you couldn't afford it or couldn't get off or something. You're here. Praise God. It's sad. But we're here. <laughs> but, but, uh, but I'm here to tell you, there's something powerful where two or th- He didn't say, when you get up in the morning, I'm there. He said, where there's two or three, I am there. There's something powerful about unity. There's something powerful about getting every last one here that's supposed to be here. Anybody getting this? Oh, that was weak. Anybody getting this? Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9. You, You probably know this scripture. Two are better than... Why? Because they have a good... There's a reward for doing things together. I know no one can do it as good as you, but there's still a reward. For if they, one will lift up his companion, but woe to him who is alone when he falls. Help, I've fallen and I can't get up. For he has no one to what? Help him. Verse 11. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone. 
Though one be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. There's power in being together. Deuteronomy 32, love this scripture. Put ten. How could one chase a thousand and two put ten thousand to flight unless their rock had sold them and the Lord had surrendered them? By the way, Whoever wrote Deuteronomy doesn't know their math. If one chases a thousand, shouldn't two chase two thousand? Some of you are just not getting it. You're not, you weren't math majors, I know. No. One chases a thousand, two chase ten. <laughs> I didn't know this till recently, but when you pick up, if you picked up a 100, like you could, picked up a, a 100-pound weight, you're, you're, you're actually picking up 100 pounds. But if you put a stick on it and two of you pick it up, you would think that each of you were lifting 50. You're not. You're probably only lifting 25. Isn't it interesting that the more people that lift it, the less it weighs on each person lifting Don't ask me to explain it. I don't know how that works. But somehow the weight gets distributed differently. And and, my God. In other words, we can lift more together than we can alone. Let me say it another way. You yourself can lift more if you got someone lifting with you. Come on and praise him if you get what I'm saying. Wow. Praise the Lord. Ten coins. Ten. There are ten virgins, ten lepers. The tithe means ten. And he says, if we got that one, we got it all. When you pay your tithes, you have it all. You're not losing 10%. You're gaining a greater anointing on the... Anybody relate to that? Oh, Jesus, hallelujah. Anybody with me? I don't know what I want to say here. <laughs> I, I like, I heard T.D. Jake say this. He said, the taste is in the teaspoon. Come on, you make a pot of soup. You don't need a whole bowl to know what it tastes like. You just take a teaspoon, a little bitty teaspoon. Come on, ladies, you ever do this? Here, taste this. Every time Gloria does that, I go, mm, she's up to something. She's up to something. I don't know. I'm definitely going to blow on it. Amen. But if you just take that little bitty teaspoon, whatever is in the pot is in the teaspoon. Glory to God. Whatever's in you is in the church. So you need to just let it go, throw your ingredients in the pot, do your part, because we're gonna, we're putting a soup together. Hallelujah. And ah, no matter what it takes, all it needs is a little teaspoon. And everything that's in the church is in you. Now you know why he went after the one. Now you know why he went after the coin. Anybody, anybody here, anybody here understand what I'm saying? We need to start sweeping. We need to start searching. We need to run after them instead of saying they'll wander back. They're not going to wander back, and that coin will never be found, 
And that sheep's going to wind up over the cliff until we go and sweep and search and run. God, The sheep wandered off. The son made a wrong choice. And the coin was dropped. Oh, I could preach Mephibosheth right now. He was dropped. Wasn't his fault, but he was dropped. You know, if you wander off, maybe, maybe you're just a doofus. I don't know. But you wandered off, but someone needs to go after you. Maybe you just made the wrong choice. Messed up. But the Father's waiting for you. He'll throw a party when you come home. Or maybe you're the coin. You've been dropped. You're in, you're in a place you're not supposed to be. You can't be spent. Use you lying on the God can't use you lying on the. You're too low. You're on the ground. You know, whenever we get on an airplane, a lot of times the pilot will come on and he'll say, we're experiencing a little bit of turbulence. And I'm like, really? <laughs> You're just figuring that out? But it's still going up. And he said, when we get to 10,000 feet, we'll level out and we'll be above. There's still turbulence, but it's down here. Some of us live too low. Sometimes don't, we don't live up to our potential. We're flying low and we're wondering why all the turbulence in our lives. Maybe you need to go a little higher. Maybe you need to praise him a little longer. Maybe you need to stay in your prayer room. Maybe you need to get in the word a little bit more. You need to come up out of that low place and get into the high. Give God the high praises. Hallelujah. Somebody help me. He's looking to get you up out of the floor. And isn't it interesting, the coin was lost in the house. In the house. There's people who are supposed to be in the house. They're lost. And we can't just sit around and say, he'll find his way back. If you're lost, duh, that means you can't find your way back. That means somebody needs to start sweeping. Let's clear away the clutter. Let's remove all the dirt and the dust. Let's find that coin for Jesus. The sheep wandered off. I got to go find it. It's lost. I'm not. I'm going to go find that sheep. Don't know where it is, but I'm going to. And when, I'm going to look. Some of you, if you can't sweep and you can't go after them, we at least stand at the door and look for them. We at least, when you see them afar off, don't just say, well, hurry up, you're late. Will you go running after them? Oh, there'll be some church people who resent it. 
If you were really a part of this church, you would know that everything this church has is yours. Every anointing, every gift, every power, we share in everything that everyone brings. He said to his son, to to the older son, don't you know, son, everything I have is yours. I'm sorry you think you you left, you got left out somehow, but I never, it's, it's always been yours. So you, you can go to the party or sit outside and be mad at the music. I don't care what kind of music we sing. There will always be 10% who don't like it. I don't care what I preach. There's always someone who says, well, that wasn't for me. Didn't know you were the target. You may not want to be my target. Pharisee. Oh, did I say that? Am I talking to anybody? I know this has been a weird series and this is a weird sermon. But we have got to start getting a hold of the love of God. How reckless it is. How much he not just loves us, but loves. He loves that old woman in the video on the floating islands in Peru. He doesn't just love her. He knows everything. Everything about her. He's intimately involved in her life. And I just saw her face on a video. But oh, how he loves. How he loves her. How he loves little children. Why does he love little children? Because he knows their destiny and he knows what they'll be when they grow up if they'll obey the Lord. Ah, that we could have that kind of love in the house of God. Listen, I want you to hear this as the worship team comes. Jesus understands because he was dropped too. He was dropped the day he was born. He was dropped when he went out into the ministry. His own family didn't understand him of what he did. Come on, church. We don't even have a record of what he did or what he was like from, from, from his early days. From, from 12 years old in the temple until 30, we have no idea. No idea. How would you like to raise Jesus? Interesting. Yeah, there's, I don't know what he did those years, but he was dropped when he died on the cross. Dropped by his own people. Dropped by his own nation. Dropped by his own family. His brothers and sisters weren't, at, weren't there when he died. His mother showed up. That's what moms do. <laughs> Try to keep mom away. But isn't it interesting that his brothers and sisters weren't there? The disciples, except for John, they all left him. He was dropped. He knows what it is to be dropped. He suffered outside the gate, Hebrews says. Oh, that, by the way, that, that's a whole sermon right there. Don't worry. <laughs> 